welcome. <clears throat> Ooh, that was terrible. Welcome to something positive for positive people, y'all. <laughs> I'm Courtney Brain. Something positive for positive people is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that serves as the leading hub of sexual health communications resources for people navigating herpes stigma. Uh, in addition to just guiding people through discussing their herpes status. Notice I said discussing and not disclosing because it's a conversation, a conversation that unfortunately we're not taught to have uh, before we're sexually active. And oftentimes, you know, people are having that conversation way after they've already had sex with a person Um outside of do I need to wear a condom are you on birth control and do you have anything or are you clean right but there's so much more to that conversation and you know the value of this organization this podcast is really seeing the aftermath of experiences that we just don't really get to hear from a person tests positive for an STI these are the things that they go through not to say that it can be uh, an eliminated risk if you initiate and have this conversation. Uh, however, I think that it does mitigate it significantly uh, because there are people who are uncomfortable with this conversation. There's people who don't like to have this conversation. And in my experience and what I find from other people is that if this conversation is a turnoff to somebody, if talking to them about their sexual health status and yours uh, and asking someone to get tested, they're, they're not going to be someone that you really want to be sexually active with, uh, regardless of how attracted to them you are. And I mean, I'll, I'll say this all the time, you know, people who are really attracted to you don't care about your herpes status. And in a lot of cases, um, I think that opening up and talking about your herpes status to a potential partner will tell you that pretty quickly. Or is that person meeting you with gratitude? Are they meeting you with curiosity? Are they meeting you with uh, just, yo, all right, well, let's figure this out together? Or are they resistant? Are there barriers coming up? Do they become distant, right? These are all things that can happen. But if these are happening with somebody that you are opening up emotionally to and sharing, you know, this vulnerable thing with, why do you think that this isn't the same thing that happened after you open up to them physically and give them your body or you give them your body or y'all exchange body touch and fluids, right? So a lot of this is really just dissolving people's internalized stigma and the barriers to vulnerability and connection. Uh, as someone who has really shifted my intention from exclusively sexual interactions or sex partners. Let me say that, like exclusively sex partners to um, seeking more intimacy in my life. I've recognized that I, I turned the floodgates open and I'm having to say no a lot more often than I'm used to. And let me tell y'all, it is really uncomfortable to reject people, to say no to someone who wants to give you something that you definitely want, but that might not be for you. And I see people all the time, you know, I, I tell people, 
And I do a lot of talking to individuals and, you know, I, I, I think I need to broadcast that more, showcase that more. Um, but a lot of what I tell people is that what you're doing is what you want. What you have is what you want. What you're doing is what you're practicing and what you're practicing is what you are continuing to keep and welcome in. So I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I have been non-monogamous since my relationship in 2019 ended. Uh, and so I've not really, I didn't dive into what my non-monogamy was, uh, identifying a label. I find that the best relationships that I've had with people have been unlabeled. You know, they've had this freedom to them. And here's where like a conflict comes in is because, uh, if you listen to any men's content, it always says, oh, men need to lead. Don't listen to a man who's like, go with the flow. You know, if he doesn't define what it is and tell you what the plan is, all that bullshit. Uh, I don't want to call it bullshit because that does work for the general population. But I had to realize I'm a special ass nigga. I'm going to be real with y'all. Like, I'm not the kind of person who, like, I don't value making a shit ton of money, being on boats, having nice cars, like... I want to be comfortable when I dress. I like the color gray. Most of my shit is gray. I got a great book bag. I got a great jump. Uh, What's that thing called? I don't know. It's, it's like the drawstring. I'm sorry. Drawstring backpack. I got gray shoes. Oh, most of my shoes gray. I got a gray pair of boots, a gray pair of casual shoes, gray pair of tennis shoes. All my, like, I just like the color gray. My logo gray. <laughs> right? So, my sheet's gray. Hold on. I might have a problem. Actually, my sheet's gray. My comforter gray. I got a, a blanket that's gray. My, uh, my, uh, my, uh, what, what are the curtains called? The, the black light, the things that block the sunlight, they're gray. I had a gray laptop, but, well, it was, oh God, it was silver, but yeah, anyway, that was gray. One of my favorite sex toys is gray. Well, silver. Wow. Yeah, I'm 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 a gray I'm a gray I like gray that's it I just like the color gray right but uh, I don't have a car no, I technically ain't got a job either but anyways like I I do these things and I I have very like nurturing and fulfilling relationships with people and also have great uh, sex with people and I have great intimacy with people and the information on the internet can very much make you uh feel as if you need to be doing certain things or be a certain way in order to be loved and just because it's what the general population sees and adheres to that doesn't mean that you going against that is gonna be a bad thing and you know again speaking from my experience i need to wrap that part up before i move on i'm so glad i remember but um like I said, I've been practicing non-monogamy for the last almost five years. Yeah, it'll be, let me see, 2019, December was when that relationship ended. So, yeah, it's going on 20, 21, 12, 22, all of 23, four years. I'm going into my fifth year of being just non-monogamous. And that feels like enough of an encompassing term uh, or it felt like that. 
until I looked up and, you know, here we are four years into that. And there's people that I've seen and really deepened connections with and got really vulnerable with, like, you know, hang out with their families and their kids and uh, spend time with them. And, and these are people who I wouldn't just say, you know, oh, yeah, we fucking right. Like I sat down and I made a list. I made a list of all the partners that I have like had or have right and i looked up and was just like huh i think what i'm doing is polyamory like i'm maintaining multiple relationships right and in looking at that and looking at where i'm at i i found myself uh very recently you know touch deprived i don't have partners in portland i had someone um who there was a very like non-sexual relationship with that was very like sensual and, and loving and caring and then you know somebody um i like one had a one-time thing with i don't know that it's gonna happen again because if we don't you know i'm about to be traveling for about two weeks two months actually so uh, i i think that's gonna go away and i'm not on dating apps i deleted my dating apps uh man i hate that that harassment situation really it really messed with me I, I realize that now but another story um I looked up and was just I, I had these ongoing relationships right and I caught myself just like really complaining that I'm touch deprived or that I'm not having as much sex that I want to be having and I wondered and challenged myself with this uh belief that maybe what I have is actually what I want. So I've got, you know, multiple existing long distance partners. It's all of them are inconvenient. Like it's inconvenient to have to, you know, make the plans ahead of time, fly or host, you know, for a duration of time. Like none of my relationships are convenient. But I also recognize I'm not somebody who values convenience. Like, I don't really want easy. And I've also recognized that in my long distance relationships, my longest relationships have been long distance, including some of the ones that I have now. Right. And these are very caring and loving and they're healthy relationships. Um, I don't think that there's any that are just like purely sexual, which is cool. Um because even if I say I want that, if I don't have it, I'm not validating, you know, that this is the kind of relationship that I want. And granted, I don't think I've really had anything that was just purely sexual. Like, hey, I'm calling you to only come over here and do this thing. Something about that actually sounds kind of hot. Um, um, yeah, now I'm curious about that. <laughs> However, the... Um, point that I was trying to make is that like what you're doing, what you have is what you want. All right. So if you say that you want to be married and you want to have kids and you want to create a family and that this is the kind of lifestyle that you want, you have to say no to what's not that. And you have to uh, people say be intentional. I want to I want to share what my idea of being intentional is. Intentionality is saying no more than you say yes. And I'm finding myself like I, I'm, I'm catching fire. Uh, I talk about these like sparks, like if you've got a lighter in your hand and you're trying to light it and it's sparking, 
it's the only reason it's sparking is because maybe it's a little bit wet or maybe um it's not getting the, the little straw thing in there. It's not picking up the gas like it's supposed to, right? The uh, lighter fluid. And that's me. I'm just... And I feel like I got a little bit of a flame, you know, recently because of how often I've been saying no. I have been turning down uh, people who through the nonprofit who reach out and they're just like, hey, can I, I just want to talk. Uh, I need somebody to vent to. I'm like, all right, well, send me proof of a donation. Like, oh, okay, I'll do it when I get home. And then I'll hear from them again, right? And I'm recognizing just the quality and the value of my energy that has been leaking from me or taken from me, you know, through this organization. And also in doing that, I've recognized how it's happened in my personal life. You know, I, rec- I, I see, you know, people hit me up and just kind of like vent and and even ask me, how are you? And I'll, I've gone through this phase of being honest with people when they ask me how I am and saying, you know, you know, this was a hard thing that I had to deal with and here's where I am with it. And then they'll shift and talk about themselves and not addressing that. Like I've projected that onto somebody and, you know, I I feel bad for doing that. Um, And we we've talked about it. But, you know, she was like, yeah, I feel like that was a projection. I was like, damn, you know what? You're right. I I guess it was like in an attempt to make myself relatable or to relate to the story or conversation that we were having. All I ended up doing was just like projecting that um, whole like oh, when people ask you how you are and, and talking about it like that, not using I, me language. So um, I've been saying no to that more, not necessarily in an avoidant way, but just like I, I'm, I'm voicing that shit, you know, and the more that I do that, I think that some healing happens. Now, I mentioned what I meant by intentionality, which is saying no more than you say yes. And now what I mean by um, healing is I'm patching up those spots where my energy was leaking and I was being taken from. You know, think about siphoning gas. You know, you chilling, you doing your thing, and and you know somebody just is siphoning the life out of you. You're gonna burn the gas regardless, and you know it's important for you to refill whenever. But you know, people who siphon gas take a lot in a very short period of time and they don't you know you might not realize it until you start to drive your car and you, you're not getting as far as you want to get <laughs> so intentionality saying no more than you saying yes and then what healing is is just like looking at those weak spots i would say and patching them shits up or making them stronger and for me that's one of them when people ask me how are you and, and, you know, suck the sort the, the value out of me. Like, I'm not a high-value man in the sense of make six figures, uh, over six feet tall, uh, over six inches, uh, six-pack. And what's the other one? Six figures, six inches, six-pack, and six, over six feet tall. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I got some of that, but not all of it, definitely. Um, and, like, I, I raised $93 last month, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and I think October was probably where I put the most of my time into something positive for positive people. And I made $93. And 
yeah, I recognize and, and it's because I wasn't being intentional. I was saying yes to everything, saying yes way more than I say no. And, you know, the more you say no, the more it increases the value of your yes. You can't just be out here saying yes to every goddamn thing. And this is what Courtney has learned. Um, and as I've been practicing that and saying no to what's not for me is like saying no to dating apps. Dating apps are a great place to meet people, have a great connection. Maybe you'll um, have the kind of relationship that you put yourself out there for. Yay. However, for me, what I'm finding is that, you know, in that atmosphere, I all I'm doing is getting better at dating. I don't want to date. I want to have relationships. And I find that when I meet people in person or through my day to day life, it's, it's sort of like you skip that dating phase. I don't want to practice and get better at dating because so much of that is you have to protect yourself emotionally from the potential emotional abuse of being ghosted, of having somebody waste your time, of having to compete with other people who are in that realm of people that they're dating. Like, no, that ain't that ain't how I do things. And for a while, um, I was really pushing myself into the dating app thing in a variety of ways, just being intentional, saying, hey, this is what I want. And it, it felt transactional to me. And in the spirit of transparency, you know, I that's not the kind of sex I want to have. I don't want to have transactional sex. I can pay for that. And if I'm on dating apps, I'm paying for the dating apps, I'm paying for the dates, and, you know, it might happen, it might not happen. I might get the thing that I asked for, a relationship that I want, or I just might be wasting my time. And I'm not uh, off of dating apps to avoid that. I'm off of dating apps in order to be more intentional about the connections that I have. So I'm saying no to dating apps, which are dating, you know, and saying yes to more like relationshipy or getting my needs met uh, things. So, um, yeah, those are those are off the table for me. And this is I'm I'm speaking this experience from the for the sake of expressing what it means to be intentional. You know, a lot of people, a lot of y'all having sex with people y'all don't even want to be having sex with. A lot of people y'all in relationships with people you don't even like. A lot of y'all, like, and, and I'm, I'm saying this because I know. Like, I've talked to enough of y'all to know that this is where y'all are. And some people are also single under the guise of being happy. Like, yeah, being single is cool. I get to do whatever I want. Like, I, in my last podcast episode, I mentioned, you know, the woman who was from South America, right? And uh, that that relationship didn't work out, if anybody was wondering. It, it, um, it was one week. It was very pleasant. Um, and, you know, I didn't realize it. We talked. Um, a couple of days ago and got this closure and the conversation, the way that it started, I even felt like it was a breakup, but we weren't in a relationship. Right. But there was an intensity to it. There was an intensity to it that was matched, that was unlike anything else that I had ever experienced. It was emotionally and energetically matched. Like I really genuinely got to experience what it was like to be in the presence of someone who was emotionally available and who was also like ready to just pour into me. In fact, that's what she did. She was emotionally available. She poured into me and I have, I mean, I, I had things in place that 
put a two month ish barrier between us to where we just weren't able to connect even more. And, you know, I, I feel like I broke this lady's heart and it wasn't like an intentional thing. And as far as being mutual, like I, I tried to cry and grieve about it, but I don't know what it was. There's like a, a barrier there for me. And I don't know what that is. And she told me, she was like, yo, I don't think you're ready. And I think that me not being ready, uh, I made it about one thing, but it wasn't about that. It was about something else. Like I made it about, oh, I'm hearing that I'm not ready because I'm dating all these people and I'm, quote, playing games under the guise of non-monogamy. And when I get done doing that, like you'll that you'll uh, then I can holler at you. Right. But what she was saying was like, I, I get because of the feeling like there is so rare to speak to somebody so transparently and un, in an unprocessed way, be able to have an emotionally charged exchange. So the emotionally charged exchange was, yo, I don't think you're ready. And what I should have realized was, oh, I think you mean that because you're having this intense reaction and response to something that I also recognize uh, as being intense, which is, you know, that this this relationship's ending. And I'm able to recognize these feelings, but the the block might have just been the fact that I didn't see it the same way that she saw it or experienced it in the way that she did. Um, and I, I'm somebody who is very present and intuitive, and I see I see people, and being seen. Like, it, is that what y'all get from me? That shit is intense. And it feels fucking amazing. But I recognize now how it can be intimidating. I recognize the pressure that comes that I put onto people when I'm so present with them, whether it be in a podcast interview, whether it be in a, a phone call, whether it be um, if I'm just listening to you via DMs, uh, even in sex. Like, I'm a intense-ass motherfucker. And even during those moments that I just spoke of, I recognize how my intensity and my presence can bring pressure to the service to where a person feels like they are unable to reciprocate that. And it's intimidating. It, it can and does become intimidating. Because even with her, like I caught myself feeling intimidated and insecure. And I was like, hey, you know, uh, like you're doing a lot for me in terms of seeing me and allowing me the space to to be emotionally expressive because I'm I'm not and one one thing that I've learned is that you know you in opening up and being emotionally available just like how I said with the how are you thing when people ask me how you are I tell them and then they kind of make it about them or we never really close out the thing that I wanted to talk about and if it's under the guise of advice, like, hey, I need advice. Here's the thing. I'm always able to get that. But like it's like me, an emotionally aware, intelligent and available man venting. People don't know how to receive that. And so like, why would I give it to you? <laughs> I can keep that shit to myself and get the same reaction uh, and get a better reaction to what you're giving me. <laughs> so 
she was somebody who was genuinely able to receive that. She was really able to feel that. And I felt that she was able to feel that and that she received that. Um, and I caught in myself the insecurity of because, you know, this wasn't a sexual relationship. I didn't know how to pay her back. You know, I'm like, damn, you listen to me. You see me. Can I offer you some dick? Because like I said, like, I don't do I don't make a lot of money. I don't have a lot of like tangible things to offer. And I caught myself like really feeling that and feeling that, you know, like I'm taking a bus to come see your ass. I'm uh, like I, I can buy our food when we go out and we got to eat or whatever. But also I'm eating well so i can't do that all the time and these were just the insecurities that sparked up within me you know i've got this great woman who is emotionally available fucking beautiful they're doing very very well for herself and you know when i asked her i was like yo what do you what what am i doing for you and i think i said this too in my podcast last week but she was like you're an emotionally available aware and intelligent man especially a black man and i mind you this she's she's multiracial let's say that um so y'all ain't thinking oh y'all this white girl got her out here you know courtney doing whatever right but um to have heard that i was like yo i don't know what it was about that statement but i played the message over and over again and it just felt like yeah, being really fucking seen and appreciated and accepted as I am. And uh, as I processed this in the previous podcast episode, like out loud, um, that was, you know, kind of what it felt like. uh, it, It feels like came back full circle for me from my grandmother who fought for me. Right. She fought for me and saw me and before anybody else could. Right. And it was just such a beautiful moment that made me realize, okay, well, maybe that's why, like, I'm not pushing for sex here and sex isn't happening is because this is the kind of unconditional love and acceptance that I want. It was my like my grandma's love expressed now. And during this time where my birthday had been coming up, that's when I was like, that's when I was uh, needing it the most. And that's when it came up. So this to me was like one of those moments where my grandma just threw her, <laughs> just came to me and was like, yo, you good? Like, here, you you wanted this closure. You wanted this, uh, you're, you're doing the right thing. Because I, I remember I was, um, I was probably 24, 25 years old and I was driving through Houston. I was driving past the shopping center, LA Fitness, Brewings, Chick-fil-A, a couple other things, right? And... <clears throat> I looked up. I, I looked up through the front of the wish. I said, hey, God, you know, if you if you real and, you know, what uh, the way I've been doing things just ain't been working for me. I was like, if I'm doing the right thing, show me I'm doing the right thing. If I'm doing the wrong thing, don't punish me. Just just I'll, I'll get the message. And this feels like getting the message, like the shift in attention and being able to say no. <clears throat> to the things that are not for me is very much allowing me to continue to say yes to the things that are for me. Um, people, uh, experiences, uh, 
going places, doing things, right? And I'm at a place in my life, too, where I'm able to do a lot more than what I'm actually doing. And I'm able to do everything that I need to do. All of my needs are taken care of. My needs are taken care of, okay? My wants, I'm in the way of those. And it has to be, to me, unfortunately, I got to say no to some of the shit that I have, too. And, or re- restructure it or redefine it, you know, because it, if it's not what I want, then I'm practicing accepting what I don't want. And I want y'all to do that as well. Understand that what you have is what you want. What you have is what you tell in the universe that you want. And if you're unable to create the space that is being occupied by those things that you have and don't really want, how are you going to welcome in the things that you do want? How are you going to welcome in that the things that you are going to allow yourself to have, that you're going to have practice with and be able to keep and then bring more of in? So I've come to realize my value, my value as a human, my value as myself. And so much of it, I've just been validating is in my emotional intelligence. And I always say this, I make this comment. It's not really a joke because there's more seriousness to it than than it is not. But I get way more sex when I talk less. Me talking, like my voice might turn people on. However, me, like, the the more I express that emotional awareness and intelligence, it's like the less sexually attractive somebody is. And that was something that I think that I experienced with this woman, which was like, the more that we connected, the more that I felt, I was like, yo, I think I want this. I just want to feel this. And I think that if I have sex, maybe that'll mess it up. Or maybe there was just that own my own internalized pressure that I allowed to surface for myself as insecurity of feeling like I didn't have anything to offer her. And here she was just saying, no, you are enough. Just just be you. Just be you. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that you know, the shifting of intention, uh, looking at the existing relationships that I have, like they might be inconvenient for me traveling, but also they all have, um, created this space for me to be able to not necessarily like seek out what it is that I want, because I, again, what you want is what you have, right? I have healthy, loving, fun, um, relationships that meet a lot of the needs that I have. Do they meet all of my needs? No. But I wonder if those, if I were getting my needs met in order for me to maintain it, because again, that insecurity that came up, you know, if it was, oh, no, you know, this woman make way more money than me. I need to go and make a lot more money. And that might make something positive for positive people look different, right? So there might be another universe across the multiverse where I am not running something positive for positive people. I might be ashamed of my herpes status and miserable, but making a lot of money, have, you know, a six pack and be more than six feet tall and 
yeah, all the all the sixes of that equation of what makes a high value man. I might be a generically high value man in another universe. And yay, go go that version of Courtney. Good for you. But in this one, I'm I've, I now see my value and it feels like it came from the place of validation that I've never been able to get. And it feels like it came from a place that you might not even believe. But I, I really genuinely believe that my grandmother was working through this lady to teach me this super valuable lesson that I belong here. I'm enough. And my value is significantly different than what your traditional idea of what it means to be valuable is or to have value is. Um, there are people who have made efforts to connect with me in a variety of ways that I've just said no to out of sheer intimidation of what reciprocating that would look like. Um, and I didn't know it until now. Like now I know. Uh, again, what you have is what you want or what you want is what you have. And until you start getting rid of shit <laughs> and you had that space, then you can uh, allow for yourself to be tested with the opportunities to say yes to the thing that you don't want or you can say no to the thing that you don't want so that you can just naturally welcome in what it is that you do want. You know, life is a fucking assembly line of needs that come in and it is your responsibility to choose for yourself you know which of these needs are going to be met and because there's a variety of ways it's a lot of different things coming down that assembly line and what you say no to is going to really determine what you're allowing what continues to come out that assembly line and for me, yeah, I want I, I'm, I'm I've learned that you can have intimacy, you can have intimacy and sex and you can you can have sex. I don't want to say just sex because I think that that devalues it. But to view sex and sexual energy and creativity in a different way, um, I was speaking to my, my therapist and one of the things that he recently said was, uh, he asked me, he was like, do you feel more productive when you're not having sex or when you are having sex? And I really struggle with this because productivity is generally measured at a quantitative level. How many things did I get done? How many pages did I write? How many posts did I make? How many podcasts did I do? Not a qualitative one. Um, I got this project completed, this thing that I've been working on, this thing that I wanted to do. And so I had to look at this at a few different angles, one of which being, OK, let's say I'm having all the sex that I want to be at. <clears throat> OK, so let's 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 say you know, I, I have sex in the morning, sex on my lunch break, sex around dinner time and sex right before I go to sleep. So let's say I'm having sex available to me four times a day. I take a long time to like have sex. Like I can be sexual in short periods of time, but I recognize that if I'm having that kind of sex, like one, it's accessible to where the pursuit of sex and the pursuit of relationships, right? The pursuit of relationships is not consuming my energy, my intentionality. So if I have these relationships, 
or if I have this kind of relationship, then I don't need to look for it. So if I'm not looking for it, where's that energy go? Likely into my career. <clears throat> if I'm not having that much sex or access to four times a day sex, right? Then perhaps there's a little bit of frustration, but also, you know, I'm I might be putting that energy too trying to get more sexual partners, but I'm also still doing my work and, you know, making myself feel productive, but in like more of a distracted way. So when I look at it those two ways, if I got to choose, well, I can't choose either or, because again, the partners that I have are all distant, right? And I don't have any partners who are here, at least, you know, consistent uh, here, and it's very spontaneous. I also don't go out like much. <clears throat> I've been in Portland for about six weeks. I went out and went to Comic-Con and then I went out to the Halloween party. Those are only two times that I went out. So it like I'm, I'm meeting people uh, or putting myself out there. But I'm also saying no to a lot of that because so much of it revolves around things that I'm not doing right now. I'm not consuming a lot of sodium and, and eating, you know, shitty food. And I'm also not drinking. I'm not drinking alcohol. And so much is centered around this food and these alcohols. So I got to get creative in where I decide to spend my time and how I decide to spend it or who I decide to spend it with. Right. And it doesn't make sense for me to go out to a place and buy juice. And just to sit at a bar, like I don't want to just buy juice to hopefully potentially socialize. So it's a lot of things that I'm struggling with here, but it's making me realize, you know, what you what you have is what you want. And when you start to exclude those things that you have from your space again, like it opens up for something more. And so now the fewer times that I've been out have been a tremendously high quality of connection and that that intimacy that I spoke of. And so that's what I'm saying yes to. I'm saying yes to things that I'm unable to receive unless I say no to other things. Mm. Um, like even with being offered. uh an exclusively casual sexual relationship you know if it's if that's something that i want yeah i'm 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 available for that like i made myself available for said thing with said person and like we understand what that is like this is something my therapist has been trying to get me to wrap my head around too um i don't think that i would have been able to do that had i not said no to things that aren't transparent to things that aren't, um, or if I'm not like putting myself out there and saying, yo, this is the kind of relationship I want. This is the kind of sex I want to have. These are things I want to do because what happens is the inconsistency, uh, the inconsistency starts to make you, you know, uh, resistant inconsistency equals resistance to me. And whenever there's an inconsistency in, all right, this is what we're doing. This is what we've discussed. Or like, this is the nature of the relationship. And then what's actually happening, you know, I I, I get very distant and I, I see that from other people as well. Um, in my case, you know, if uh, I, I know that I've again, going back to the intensity thing, I know that if sex is something that's agreed to and it's like, all right, yeah, you know, I don't have a capacity for a relationship. I recognize that. Oh, cool. Now that you've told me that 
it feels very safe for me to treat you like we're in a relationship and just like be myself fully because I know that this is only sex. And that is so strange that that's my interpretation of that. You know, you say just sex and I say, oh, great. I'm free. Knowing what this is, I'm free to fully be myself. And that can be intense. And yeah, it's, these are very powerful revelations that I've had to myself. And while this episode doesn't have like a general herpes theme, like this is important stuff. And I think that it's much more important for me to talk about, you know, these relationship things and these self-reflection things than it is just herpes. Because what you'll come to realize, again, is that the more somebody likes you, the less they're going to care about herpes. If somebody don't like you and they got to they they're placing your value, your worth on whatever your herpes status or diagnosis is. That doesn't feel good. So do you really want to be with somebody who's like, oh, well, you or herpes? Are you with herpes or somebody else that I don't know who might have herpes but not know it or not tell me? Uh, I can't tell. No, no. Say no to that. Say no to that. It is hard because when you desire something so bad and maybe you've been deprived for a long time, you know, me included, you know, like I, I don't have as much sex as I want to be having. And sometimes it presents itself. It puts itself right in front of me. And I have to say no to it. Because it's not the kind of sex that I want to be having. It's not the kind of relationship that I want to have. And, you know, I realize or I recognize like uh, because I I tell friends all the time, like, yo, if you say you want to be married and you want to, you know, have a family and everything. Why are you saying yes to people who are incapable of giving you that? And, and people just don't choose to be honest with themselves and say, that's not what I want. Uh, what I have is what I want. Or what I want is what I have, whichever way I say it. I think they both kind of say the same thing, but slightly different. Uh, uh-oh, hold on. <sighs> so, um, to just like dumb this down, if you keep finding yourself in sexual relationships with unattractive people, If you keep finding yourself in relationships with people who don't treat you well, if you keep finding yourself in, I don't even want to say in relationships, in situationships (laughs) where a person isn't willing or wanting to commit to you, you shouldn't be in that. You need to say no to that. It's as simple as that. And I, I make it sound so simple because it is. But it's a practice. It's a practice to say no to what is not for you to say no some of the things that you have right now you know i talk about the inconvenience of my long distance relationships but i i think that it works for me to have something to look forward to to have something to work towards and like a time dedicated to and set aside to where i'm not working i'm going to be present with this person for this time frame and we we doing what we do and so that works for me because in those moments I'm practicing presence. I'm practicing delayed gratification. If I could have sex four times a day, every day, and it was accessible to me, which I, people would probably say I could. I I don't I don't see that <laughs> because I mean, like I said, the more I talk, the less the less sex I get. But also, like the more that I put myself out there, the more that I'm open to and um, open for and. Um, 
able to receive the quality of connection that I receive because there is something different about me. I'm, I'm I'm a black man who fucking loves anime. I'm emotionally intelligent, communicative. Um, I have no problem with reflecting on my feelings and saying what it feels like. And I, I do this amazing ass work that I do. And I, I don't even want to call it work until it like pays that because um, this this feels like something healing for me as well so this is a space of just reciprocal healing and i i appreciate this space i appreciate it becoming what it's become i appreciate the people who have held the space for it to become what it's become and, oh oh man he's yawns all right um yes so intentionality saying no to what you have to create space for the thing the bigger things that you want healing looking at examining and patching up you know those areas where you feel like you're becoming burned out and you're you're giving those areas some awareness to see just how your energy might be being sapped from you so that you can, you know, stop letting that happen. All right. Um, practice. Practice what you want. Practice. Um, if you, you know, when people go into, they're like, yeah, I want to date for a while. Know what you're getting yourself into. If you practice in dating, you're practicing dating. You'll look up three years into dating and you become good at dating and you're so good at dating that you can't be in a relationship because these are different skill sets. The more you date, the less you're in a relationship. And the skills don't really translate unless you're in a relationship and then like, you know, they're like, oh, date, you need to date the person you're with. Uh, no, if you've been in the relationship with the person you're with, you don't have to date the person you're with. Dating has shifted meaning it's not oh we dating we go to the movies we uh we we do these social things anymore no when you dating you're doing relationship shit without the label that's it that's it (laughs) so keep that in mind and um the other uh takeaway i believe people will get from this podcast is um Actually, no, those might have been it. Those those like definitions practice, you know, what it is that you want. And you really got to say no. You got to say no to shit that you don't want. And I'm putting this into play now. So um, let my life lessons, you know, be something useful to you, because it feels like to me, I'm learning out loud. And the more I learn out loud, the more connected I feel to myself when I'm able to say things out loud and process them for the first time and be like, oh, that's what that was, or this is what that is, right? It's an ongoing process, and we can do this shit together. (laughs) You listening to the podcast, I'm producing the podcast, so um, yeah, we have a a very reciprocal relationship here. So thank y'all for listening and letting me share some of this stuff. I intend to, you know, continue to share uh, more of this 
personal stuff, personal experiences for the sake of you just taking these experiences and applying them to yourself. Whatever works for you, because so much of dating with herpes is just like dating without the herpes, man. And don't become callous in the dating saying or the date, a sense of dating to where, you know, you lose your vulnerability. I, I did all of that. You know, I realized that I don't think I stopped the intro. It just went from I, we teach people how to discuss their sexual health, health status and whatever. Huh. What do you know? Looked up and podcast episode was done. Nice. All right, y'all. Uh, that concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. If you haven't already, please take the survey at www.spfpp.org. And if you go to the survey tab, you'll be able to participate. If you have herpes only, please don't try and take the survey if you don't have herpes because then it'll just kick you out of the survey. Um, we'll present this data at the Something Positive for Positive People conference that will be held virtually on May 23rd, 2024. Um, be on the lookout for that. Book is in editing right now, so uh, that'll be out in, in the world. Um, yeah, survey, book, and conference. Uh, I'm working with somebody on bringing yoga back uh, as a business thing that I do. In fact, that might just need to be separate now that I'm saying that out loud. But um, much of my yoga practice is incorporated in something positive as well as my other job and how I just hold space for people in general. So it would be interesting to bring those two things together. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you know y'all being here look forward to continuing to connect uh, as we do and um yeah till next time